Okay, I'd like to welcome everyone back to Radio Logistics with Billy, Louise, our student, and myself, Grant. Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, today, we're going to talk through some of the short answer questions for TLIX 4028A, Applied Knowledge of Logistics. This is actually um, our first unit, Applied Knowledge of Logistics, and it's actually broken into three short assignments. The okay. first one being... Task 1A, identify appropriate safety policies and procedures. We seem to have a lot of students missing this one, Billy. Yeah, you just have to prioritise the order of these tasks if in an incident report, okay? okay. As simple as that, one to five, just prioritise the task, your first question. I've never seen an incident report. Can you walk me through the expectations in part one of the assignment, please? Your right. expectations? Uh, well... Everyone, firstly, I'd like to say about incidents, everyone's um, thought of how an incident should be reported is different due to the way they've been brought up. Now, we're all going to try and standardise it so that we all are coming up with the same sort of answer with this blog. So the first thing we're looking at is the review, the interview notes, and complete the hazard incident alert form. Radio, when you get your assignment it'll ask you to read through the, through the assignment and answer some questions, okay? The first thing you'll come across is those five questions you have to prioritise and then your warehouse interview details. Now those warehouse interview details are the outcomes of your interviews with all the people related in some way to the incident that just occurred. And in this incident, you'll, you'll find that Nick actually hit an upright with a pallet rider. For those of you that don't know what an upright is, it's something that holds a lot of weight, holds a lot of stock, and a pallet rider is actually, in this case, it's an electric one. They um, drag along pallets full of stock. They can carry up to about a tonne of stock on them, okay? So it's hit a pallet rider and it's damaged it. And this is the incident report. And in the interview details, you've got there the statement, the pretty much the bulk of the statement from what each person has said in their interview. I think the big thing we need to point out is that, yes, it is part of the incident hitting the upright, but it's not what this incident report's about. It's about fatigue. The root cause of this is Nick has hit that bollard because he was fatigued. And in these, this, we actually have to try and prove that this is why it's happened. What um, evidence have we got that Nick was fatigued? So we would take all that information from our interview details and then we would turn over the page and think, ah, radio, there is actually a place there that says results from interviews. Now, the results from the interview are our interview details, aren't they? Yep. So I would just copy all that information, yeah? Yeah, right? so easy, copy and paste. Copy and paste it into the results from the interview. And that is your basis for the rest of the work that you're going to do on this incident report, okay? One thing I would like to bring up with um, the hazard incident alert form, make sure you pay particular attention to detail. Things like the timing, the pallet mover, the exact location of the incident, okay? So that would include the aisle intersection that it happened in, not it's just the warehouse. And it's all in your scenario that's provided for you at the beginning of your um, assignment. 
another thing that's important to point out, we're just trying to save you work here because a lot of, when you do an incident, a lot of the stuff is repetitive. So you may as well just copy and paste it into the next section. For example, we've just copy and pasted our interview results into um, page one of the yep. form. And now we're going to look at our suggested solutions. Now, wouldn't you think suggested solutions would be the same as control measures? So we would write down our suggested solutions and put them into our control measures on the next page. And then with our control measures, if we're asking for who is going to be um, responsible for the outcome of those control measures, wouldn't you just copy and paste that into the next page and put the person's name who is responsible for that control measure? So we'll be taking the control measures pasting them into control measures to manage the risk and then copy and paste them into who's responsible and putting names to them. Definitely. Pretty easy. But how about we discuss further um, what, how we can prove that these fatigue, this is a fatigue related incident and um, what we can actually do about it. Because a lot of people wouldn't know some actions for fatigue. Now, we all know basically fatigue. If we look at a person and they're yawning, they might be fatigued, right? Yep. But a lot more deeper than that. Oh, right? definitely. Um, you know, people get cranky when they're fatigued. They don't work well. They make mistakes. Reaction time the Reaction slower. times are slower. You wouldn't want to see them on heavy machinery or anything, no. would you? So um, let's think. If you had to put down control actions for someone with fatigue, in this scenario, like... He hit a bollard, and it actually has um, examples in there about him working through breaks, doing double shifts, um, going home early um, to do to work, working through his breaks, sorry, so he can go home early. Um, there's a rostering problem, things like this. So, what kind of things could we look at to actually um, uh, help with the fatigue issue? With the fatigue issue, we need to look at the how the, the managers look after those persons that are fatigued. Duty of care. Duty of care. Uh, a chain of responsibility. Yeah, it's quite big these days. You need to identify that the person is fatigued, and come up with some solutions that are, are workable. Uh, changing his roster. Uh, what about things like um, you could actually look at? Have you actually got enough staff in the first place for people to do the job? Why are the people doing the double shifts? Have you got enough exactly. staff? Um, have they had adequate training? Are they working these long hours because they're doing it slower than what they possibly could because their training is inadequate? Um, are the people doing the rosters aware that there's people doing double shifts? Um, do their procedures need to be upgraded so that um, people are aware they're not allowed to do these things, that it's to their own detriment to do them? Yeah. And they're, they're all good valid points, definitely. Right. Is there anything else we need to know there? Uh, no, I think that's, that's about it on this one. Oh, I do recall one thing in one of those questions. We've got questions at the end of um, um, the first the assignment. The theory question? Yep. Yeah. And it says in question four, um, include details of how you could make reasonable adjustment, adjustment to existing plans should fatigue be identified for a worker at the beginning of their shift. Now, what that really means in layman's terms is if you had a workmate or one of your team members come to work and you noticed they were fatigued, you would have a duty of care to look after them. What would you do about it? 
Okay, so your reasonable adjustment um, is making sure that he's not operating the machinery or engaging in high-risk activities. Is his wife going to pick him up from work? Are exactly. You, are you going to sack him? What are you going to do about it if a guy comes to work? With you don't want to look at... Uh, sacking is obviously the, the last resort. So <laughs> right. you ensure your worker is working in a team and therefore being monitored. It's yeah. a buddy system. Yeah, yeah. And we arrange for uh, the worker to adjust their shifts uh, if possible. Exactly. So it's you looking after your workmates or yep. your team members. Um, just another point I'm going to point out in um, your, all of your assignments, not just this one. I want you to answer your questions as though you are the manager, you are the boss, all right? You're no longer on the floor on a forklift or a kicker or whatever. You are the boss, okay? This is a managerial call. I want you to put your mindset in management mode. Okay, some pretty good points, Billy, I think. Um, so we'll just go back through the form as per Louise's question and uh, just pay attention to detail with the form. Make sure you fill in all the squares. Uh, make sure you have the correct person that's reported to, the exact location, time, dates, and the fact that it's an incident, not a hazard. Some of the items involved, okay, so really with the uh, scenario that you've been given, you, you would have to make sure that the equipment and the fixture and the facility are being fixed. The reason for the report needs to be identified. Big one is the pallet mover, needs to be identified by number. Okay, and it needs to be identified that it need, may need repair. Right, and I think with your um, incident um, identification and actions, remember you've identified that the incident needs repair, you need to tag it out, you need to have a location where all these machines are going to be put so that no one's going to use these machines Correct. that are broken. Um, and an action could be for them to be um, regularly maintained and um, so no one has access to them when they're not working. Yep. All good, Louis. That would be part of your recommended action to fix the hazardous. Yeah. yeah. So think with a little bit of depth. Go beyond Nick just hitting the upright, okay? I think you also need to look at the risk assessment form uh, in far as the matrix goes and make sure you have a good look at that and make sure you identify at the bottom of that the likelihood and the consequence and the actions required. Mm. I think on your, in, on your assignment it actually says to circle it, but as long as you identify for us, whether you circle it, highlight it, or just type in the what correct. it is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, because we can see if you write D4, C2, whatever, we can see that you've identified it correctly. The hierarchy of control is actually a way of creating solutions as well. That's on page, or past 1D, I should say. And for the particular thing there, you should be looking at administrative control. And that's the only hint I'll give you on that one. <laughs> I think that we've pretty much covered part one of three yep. in our assignment. Thank you for listening to Radio Logistics with Grant, Billy and Louise.